Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. And for this week only, get a 110% sign-on bonus. 110% of your initial deposit by using code NEXTROUND. That's MyBookie.ag, code NEXTROUND. Jim Dunaway, Lance Taylor, Ryan Brown, and Rockstar. Live from the Birmingham Racecourse Casino Studios, the next round, presented by Bud Light, is on now. Todd Furman's with us almost every Friday throughout the season. Occasionally, he uh, jumps away to have a personal life. I'm amazed he's here uh, with us after what had to be just a wild week in Las Vegas, Nevada with the Super Bowl. Oh, I would imagine. Furman is uh, bettheboardpodcast.com, former odds maker at Caesars Palace. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Todd Furman. But bettheboardpodcast.com is where you'll get all the games, in addition to the ones we'll talk about with him right now. What is up, Furman? How are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. And, of course, I could not take this fine Friday off because you have to provide a postmortem on one Super Bowl in the NFL and then the more important Super Bowl coming Sunday for the NASCAR world with the kickoff at Daytona 500. NASCAR is where Furman, he's good with all of it. He's dialed in on NASCAR, though. What what was Vegas like, though? I mean, it was, could you move out there? Was Was it shut down? What was it like? Outstanding atmosphere, and I have to give the city credit, I mean, because it is built to embrace events of this magnitude. So when you look from the south end of the Strip, Mandalay Bay, where a lot of the media folks were staying, all the way to the north end, where the wind was responsible for some of the marquee events, especially in the nightlife realm, I mean, you could walk up and down the Strip, safety from top to bottom. The one challenge was, of course, trying to be able to drive any of it, so trips that would normally take 8 to 10 minutes on a normal Saturday night would be more of the 50 to 55-minute variety, so I'm sure Uber drivers benefit immensely, but the feedback that I've been given from folks that have attended a lot more Super Bowls than I've been to, the proximity, the ease of getting in and out of restaurants, uh, and the entertainment options, far surpassing that of a lot of other Super Bowl host cities in a Phoenix or L.A. or Santa Clara, where everything isn't in a condensed, consolidated area, so we anxiously await to see when the NFL may give Vegas a second crack uh, at hosting the biggest game in the sport. Uh, Furman, the one thing you can say about me is I'm consistently bad when it comes to Super Bowls. I brought this up when you were uh, on last week I gave out San Francisco I felt really good about this game I have now lost eight straight sides in the Super Bowl I am four and 18 over the last 22 and I still will stand by it I think San Francisco was the better team we've we were talking in break you know if Dre Greenlaw doesn't get hurt um, if they pick up a third down conversion in regulation you know a lot of different factors San Fran goes on and wins that game seems like they had every opportunity Uh, where were you on the side and I would assume the books ultimately made money but the side hurt them it did. It was not a good Super Bowl for the house. When you look at the record-breaking handle out here in Nevada, surpassed what we had seen in 2022. Uh, and it was great in that regard, knowing that the event was here and the betting basically responded to some of that. But when you look at the overall win-loss rate and the hold percentage, down substantially uh, and one of the lowest over the last 10 years that we had seen, largely because of what you mentioned, public support for the Kansas City Chiefs, the game ultimately landing on or around the total. Some books had moved to 46 and a half on game day, and a lot of the marquee players all went over their player props with that scoring explosion in the second half or overtime. I had a little bit of exposure to the 49ers, not a big position for me, and I know people out there
out there listening go, well, you guys are crying over spilled milk. You go back and watch that game. And to your point, LT, the Dre Greenlaw injury hurt uh, as San Francisco had really bottled up the Chiefs offense. The Chiefs' one touchdown drive in regulation comes off a muff punt. Uh, and the 49ers led that game for north of 40 minutes. So if they're able to execute a second and four instead of settling for that long Jake Moody field goal, which kind of put the nail in their coffin, there's no doubt they had a path to victory here. And Kyle Shanahan has to be having plenty of sleepless nights knowing the opportunity that slipped through his fingers with the game plan they put together. They just weren't able to go out there and execute it to the best of their ability. And you give Patrick Mahomes a sliver of hope, as we've seen in the past, he will go out there, execute, and deliver for the Chiefs. Um, before we get to basketball, let's do the Daytona 500 because I know you're a big NASCAR fan. Last night, the dual races, Tyler Reddick won the first one. Christopher Bell won the second one. Logano's on the pole. Jimmy Johnson, for the first time in his career, had to race his way into the Daytona 500. He was able to do that. Um, how much money do I make when Almondinger wins this thing? <laughs> Uh, you'll make a decent chunk of change, and look, AJ has attracted a little bit of buzz uh, as a long shot in this race, and if you're looking to try and find a needle in a haystack, the Daytona 500 has really provided that. You go back over the last three race winners, Ricky Stenhouse uh, did it last year, Michael McDowell the year before, and Austin Sindrick. So this isn't a sport uh, in terms of a race that's real easy to handicap. When you look at the odds on some of the household names, there's a reason that the Joey Logano's, Ryan Blaney's, and Denny Hamlin's are all available at prices of 10 to 1 or greater for this. So you, this is an opportunity to take some shots. And I think Chase Elliott would love to be able to get into the win column knowing how tumultuous last season was. So at 15 to 1, maybe worth a small nibble there. If you go further down the odds board, I think Corey LaJoy at a price of 70 to 1 makes a little bit of sense. But this one is much more conducive to watching and entertainment value than it is to making money on. There will be plenty of NASCAR races throughout the season where we'll find a true mathematical edge. I just won't say it's going to come. Sunday uh, on the shores of Daytona. Well, Shark Bait brings up what I was going to ask you. Do you, I mean, rain is in the forecast all weekend, which means there's a chance it's going to be a shortened race. Does that give you a better chance at playing a flyer at that point, maybe? Take a, it, take a chance? Yeah, definitely can. You'll see some strategies uh, in play there because a lot of these race teams circle the two trips to Daytona, the two trips, the two trips to Talladega and Atlanta to a lesser extent, knowing those are going to give them the best opportunities to get a win uh, and clinch a playoff spot this early in the season. So it's provided great storylines in the past. Uh, Denny Hamlin, three career wins in this race. Kyle Busch still looking for his first Daytona 500 win, which would be his 19th start this weekend. So if you happen to have access to live betting, options i mean that could give you an opportunity because you're going to see a lot of these race teams if they feel that the forecast is going to get ugly uh, or things are going to change on the fly try really try and do everything they can to push some of those fuel windows all right let's go to the basketball todd Furman is with us bet the board bet the at todd Furman on twitter the biggest game of the weekend is on fox saturday number four marquette at number one yukon yukon has been one of the best teams in college basketball. Shaka Smart has got Marquette right back where he had him last year. What do you see in this game? Yeah, this UConn team has been white hot. You have to go all the way back to Wednesday, December 20th against Seton Hall to find the last time that UConn ended up on the wrong side of a decision. Didn't get caught looking ahead against my beloved DePaul Blue Demons on Wednesday with a commanding 101-65 victory there. When you look at the game against Marquette, Shaka has been outstanding in his career when his team is catching points, and they're going to be an attractive proposition in this spot uh, in a game where I project UConn to open right around a five and a half, six point favorite here. You look at UConn and what 
they've done from an offensive and defensive standpoint. Top five uh, in adjusted offensive efficiency this year. They've been extremely stout on the defensive side. And when you look from top to bottom, there is no doubt UConn and Purdue have been the two most complete teams all season long, uh, but should be an outstanding game and would not be shocked at all if this was a one-possession contest late because Marquette comes in you know, riding a massive winning streak themselves, outlasting Butler in a game where they took professional money against them as a short three-and-a-half four-point road favorite on Tuesday night. A lot of people thought that Auburn minus 11.5 was a heavy number against South Carolina. Considering the Gamecocks were ranked 11th, they had won seven consecutive games. I laid the 11.5. It was an easy win for Auburn. They go on to win that game by 40. They're undefeated at Neville. Now Kentucky comes in. Somebody asked us yesterday what I thought the number would be. Kentucky's one of these inflated brands in basketball, as you know, much like Alabama or Georgia in football. Uh, so I think it's going to come less than 11. I would say this number's probably 7.5. What do you see in Kentucky-Auburn on Saturday? 7.5 for me, LT, is actually a touch light. So I'd come in that 8, 8.5 range, but I think you're right in that ballpark. And it'll be interesting to see where uh, the first bet gets placed in this game and how the number moves. You mentioned how good Auburn has been at home. The 40-point win against South Carolina opened a lot of people's eyes. I got a number of notes. Why is South Carolina a top-20 team catching this many points? And about 10 minutes in, I think people realized that it was a separation of the haves and have-nots. You look at how Auburn played avenging the loss against Alabama last week, uh, coming away with an 18-point victory there. They have been a juggernaut uh, at home. And while you look at the Kentucky team that they're going to be facing, I mean, the Wildcats haven't exactly been playing their best basketball, now getting in the win column in two out of their last three, but still having gone two and three over their last five games. Uh, Let's see if the Wildcats play a little bit loose and free. Not sure I'd go back to the window looking to lay a number with Auburn, but I do believe uh, you're right in line with where the market will open with Auburn just shy of a double-digit favorite in this spot. Uh, For Alabama, they catch a bye week, and now they get Texas A&M, who lost at Vanderbilt. Uh, To me, that makes Texas A&M more dangerous that they lost that game at Vandy. How do you see that game in Tuscaloosa, and how do you factor in the loss at Vandy? You should get a much more focused Aggies effort than than what you saw against the Commodores there. This is a game, again, that will open right around that double-digit threshold with Alabama in that 8.5, 9-point range. Uh, You look at Alabama, a nice convincing win against LSU last Saturday, dropping north of 100 points in that contest, where it was truly a defensive optional affair. You know, A&M having won three games before they came up a point short against Vandy. Look, I mean, you wonder if they're a little bit deflated, but I do think focus will be there. Uh, You go back and look at these teams in previous performance. You know, we've seen them kind of go to the mat together in the past. Uh, And I think if you're able to get 10 with A&M, it makes some sense. If the number did open at 8, probably no fly territory for me in that perspective. Uh, Todd Furman, before you go, there were some college football totals that uh, were leaked out. I think FanDuel had these, and I'm curious if you have looked too deeply into them, and are there any that jump out at you? You know, going through them a little bit, uh, the unfortunate part, and, you know, people laugh, these don't offer that much in the way of limits, so it gets to be a little bit tricky for, you know, us to really go into them in a full deep dive and tip our hand in terms of where we want these markets to open when more books come online. But it is great, I mean, to see these sports books now in the regulated market continue to open odds sooner and sooner. The one that stood out to me a little bit, and I know it's some uncertainty and you never know what you're going to get offensively, uh, Iowa's number actually appeared a touch short. I mean, their schedule by Big Ten standards doesn't appear to be that daunting uh, going into the season. You add some help along the offensive line, you get a healthy Cade McNamara back, uh, and while it's not as fortuitous as playing the Big Ten West schedule from top to bottom, uh, I think Iowa's total is a touch low. I can see 
Kirk Ferentz's team with a little bit of offense getting to eight or nine wins that it'll take to be able to cash that ticket. But uh, no real mistakes in terms of the top of the market when you look at a lot of these power programs, uh, and it'll be a question of how many other players we see transfer between now and the start of the season. Uh, and for those folks that are looking at the local schools, Auburn's win total, 7.5 with a heavy tariff attached to go under that total, and Alabama with a coaching change. A little bit unusual to see 9.5 their win total and have to lay a price to go under. For someone that bet Alabama under last year, I'm still not thrilled about what transpired to Jordan Hare in the regular season finale. <laughs> Neither are Auburn fans, don't worry. Uh, by the way, is there, is there a follow-up on the guy that claimed he stormed the field and bet the big money? Um, I, I'm sure you've seen that story and cashed the bet because he himself stormed the field. Is there a follow-up on you that? You talking about streaker? Yeah, yeah the streaker. I, I yeah. have. I, I'd love to be able to know which sports books that he was betting this because for anybody that's looked at it, whether it's a mybookie.ag or some of the other offshores, most of these books will take 25 to $50 max. So he's going to have to go through a laundry list of accounts to be able to get down enough money to be able to walk away with some profit, pay his bail and everything else. So this just <laughs> feels like a you know wives' tale more than anything yeah. else. Uh, and something cut from you know a similar cloth to what we saw back in the old days where you would see the streakers with Golden Palace Casino on their back or the full George Costanza bodysuits uh, at a lot of sporting events. So great for publicity, uh, a great story. But in terms of actually being able to execute something along these lines, consider me a skeptic until proven otherwise. So, Furman, I know a local guy that took up to 2000 on Gatorade color. I mean, this and that is, got leaked, right? Well, no, I mean, did, there are yes, reports that it got leaked, and I still want to know if San Francisco wins, if the Gatorade was going to be blue. Well, see, and that's the whole thing. Like we had talked a little bit about, you kind of have to turn into a two-team parlay unless you know the same color Gatorade is going to be available on both sidelines. The bigger controversy for some books, guys, was the uh, singing of the national anthem from Reba when she decided that she was going to elongate the brave and do they grade it to the final note? Do they grade it when she goes through the song the first time? I mean, plus or minus a second here or there. Anytime you bet into some of those gray markets, you open yourself up to sportsbook interpretations. Uh, and as Dunaway can attest to with his lovely run during the NCAA tournament, it's hard enough to pick winners when you actually have a scoreboard keeping track of the results. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so let me ask you this, Farman. From a professional standpoint, let's just hypothetically say that you like the 49ers, minus one and a half or minus two at minus 110. Or you've heard that possibly Gatorade is going to be blue for San Francisco and you're getting plus 225. And you felt pretty confident that your source was right on the Gatorade color. You would play the plus 225 as opposed to the minus one and a half, minus 110, right? It would definitely make some sense. Uh, I mean, a high level of correlation, not exactly one-to-one if you don't get the Gatorade dump at the end. Uh, and it's what we talk about all the time when you look at some of the opportunities that are available in a game like that, that you saw some folks, instead of betting the Chiefs on the money line, want to go to bat with a Patrick Mahomes MVP ticket. And that created a lot of liability for sports books uh, as well, because some books would offer the Chiefs a plus 110 on the money line. And you had an opportunity, at least early on in the process, to take Mahomes right around plus 140. So anytime you can find that correlation, it always makes sense to explore some of the ancillary markets uh, that are out there at a available uh, and it's one of the tricks that you know sports bettors have used for years to try and find the same bet or something that has a, a high level of connection to be able to maximize some of the results compared to what the sports books are offering uh, before you go Furman, i know you follow the industry as a whole um there was a bill that passed the alabama house yesterday now goes to the senate and then would go to the november ballot i think they're trying to get it on the november ballot 
um, that includes mobile sports betting. It's a lottery bill that includes mobile sports betting. It passed the House. I think they feel confident they can get it through the Senate. And I have actually seen some surveys where there's a favorable vote uh, among those at least polled uh, in the state of Alabama. So uh, that's something to watch in the industry. Hey, fingers crossed. Look, I think every state should have access to mobile sports betting in one capacity or another. We know Mississippi, you know, when they approved sports betting, it was only through brick and mortars that they didn't have any mobile component to it. They've since, you know, tried to move forward in that regard. I'm not sure if Mississippi has officially rolled it out or it will be coming soon, but sports betting is coming to a state near you, and I think the faster that everybody can get on board, uh, it's better for all parties involved. Uh, and look, our state, you know, for having sports betting as long as we have, we still don't have access to the FanDuel's, DraftKings, and some of the new age operators. So we almost feel like we're in the Stone Ages in that capacity. Uh, and for those folks as well that are following a little bit of the DFS conundrum that's going on, we saw a state like Florida kind of force their hand with underdog prize picks and a couple other outfits. So there is a lot of political jockeying that takes place across this fine country when it comes to sports betting. Just hope cooler heads prevail, and at some point we'll have sports betting in all 49 states because Utah may not bring it to them until about 2,300. You, you say <laughs> uh, you say jockeying. We say uh, off the books, under the table, uh, payments coming from other states, keeping our leaders from actually voting the way they know the people want to go. Well, I mean, look, Dunaway, they've done business in the SEC recruiting that way for wow. years. So why no, why no different to try and handle sports betting the exact same way, my well, friend? I would tell you uh, the trophy cases in the SEC are full of stuff. You find me a state capital in the South that has a trophy case like any SEC football program, and then I will bow down. Those those famous state government trophies that get uh, handed well, out. Look, uh, look, those state governors and legislators aren't going to show their money forward-facing, but I'm sure they have plenty of nice estates uh, with guards and gated communities that show you that those are the trophies that they need to sh- prove that they have done things the right way or at least that they have felt have been above board ethically in their own unique thought process. Hey, by the way, trivia question if you're ever at a bar, if it ever pops up, the swimming pool at the governor's mansion in Montgomery is shaped like the state of Alabama. That's a uh, very unique tidbit and one that I'm sure will not pop up at a trivia night out here in the desert anytime soon. But when I get down there to Talladega, I'll make sure on Talladega Boulevard to let everyone know that I have not seen that first and foremost. I'm taking Dunaway's word for it. No, and the same guy that built pools for the Holiday Inn in the 70s built this pool. Yeah. And they haven't updated it since. If you have not seen Kay Ivey in her bikini, buddy, you have not lived. You know, hopefully they put a couple of chlorine tablets in that pool since the 70s. I think that's more important than updating it anything else. I mean, Bob James used to do cannonballs in it. <laughs> Fervent, thank you for the time. Have a great weekend. Hey, always a pleasure, gentlemen. Enjoy the good hoops this weekend. And uh, very curious to see how the Auburn-Kentucky game unfolds tomorrow afternoon. Uh, absolutely. We are, too. Thank you, Furman. Furman with us on the JohnstonRVCenter.com hotline. Who swims in that pool now, Rockstar? If I'm supposed to that pool, I'm going to head over to Clanton. It's peachy. <laughs> what do you think the wildest thing that ever went down in that pool? Oh, I do not want to know. Yeah. Because I guarantee you. I mean, do you think there's forget, any chance Pat Dye or Bear Bryant has been in that pool? 100%. I think both. I mean, don't forget your boy Robert Bentley was in office for a minute. Yeah. And he was shooting shots. Taking his shots, yeah. He chased it around every corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, when we come back, uh, four downs later in the show, we got Trash Andy Kennedy on another big weekend for UAB basketball with North Texas in town. <laughs> we'll set the table more for game day down in Auburn. What Jay Billis said on the show yesterday about Alabama's defense, all that's still to go today on the show that's being brought to you by a couple of great folks. One of them, our friends with the Rump Shaker. It's a, a great event. 
with a very important cause right now. Yeah, important messaging here. Did you know that colon cancer, the second leading cause of cancer deaths in America, it affects men and women equally. If you're 45 or older, Rump Checker encourages you to talk to your doctor about screening options that are available. Colon cancer is preventable, it's treatable, it's beatable, but early detection is the key. For more information, visit them, Rump Shaker. Inc.org. That's RumpShakerInc.org. Also, don't forget about the 16th annual Rumpshanker 5K. The Rumpshanker 5K is coming up Saturday, March 23rd at Regents Field. To get registered for that, for more information, go to RumpshankerInc.org. Everything next round is on demand now in the podcast section at nextroundlive.com. It's that time of year again. The Legacy Swap and Drop promotion is back. It's bigger than ever. Swap your current auto loan or RV loan to Legacy and drop your interest rate and monthly payment. Don't miss out on this opportunity to save big with our friends at Legacy Credit Union. Not a member yet? That's okay. You too can save by becoming a member today. Head over to SwapAndDrop.com. Apply in minutes. That's SwapAndDrop.com. Or visit one of their nine greater Birmingham area branches. Limited time offer. Terms and conditions may apply. See Credit Union for details. Federally insured by the NCU. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, you're in the red zone for every college rivalry and divisional matchup all season long. I mean, where else are the scenic views as good as your view of the game? Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. The next round is so much more than the show you get from 9 to 1 each day. So make sure to head to our official YouTube channel at Next Round Live and subscribe to get all of our latest content. We, of course, have plenty of specialty content and shorts based all around the sports in the heart of the SEC. But we also talk pro sports, gambling, lifestyle and entertainment, and so much more. It's the Next Round YouTube channel where you never know what you're going to find next. Subscribe now to see the latest content and get notifications when we go live. That's at Next Round Live on YouTube. Storm season is here. Make sure you have a plan of action in place right now. Greg from Pell City and Storm Restoration Roofing should be your first call when storms hit. Insurance companies love working with Storm Restoration Roofing because of Greg Nelson's name and reputation in the industry. When storms hit, call Greg Nelson. He's local. 205-542-3531. He's the home of the free no-cost roof inspection. Greg from Pell City on Facebook. 205 542 3531, it's Storm Restoration Roofing. Remember the name Way to Wellness if you're battling weight loss in your life. I'm Jim Dunaway from the next round. There was a time I was over 216 pounds until Way to Wellness helped me lose 45 pounds. And now for over two years, they've helped me keep that weight off. Here's their website, aplanforme.com, aplanforme.com. That's a great name for a website because there's no cookie-cutter plan. Everything is designed specifically for you. No contract, no sign-up fees, and your first consultation is free at Way to Wellness. Start your day online with our website, nextroundlive.com, the latest videos, podcasts, and college football stories. It's also a great way to stream the show or shop in the Next Round store. Stay connected by visiting nextroundlive.com. That's nextroundlive.com. Hey, Lance Taylor from the next round to tell you about our friends at Gutter Cap. Gutter Cap's that patented aluminum cover system that fits over most existing gutters to keep out debris and eliminate that gutter cleaning. It's back with a lifetime warranty, almost 20-year service record right here in Birmingham. Stay off that dangerous ladder forever. 45% off the retail price now if you call. GutterCapBirmingham.com. Call my good friend Chris Stewart now, 205-823-2212. Cap it, don't snap it, it's Gutter Cap. One of those 
those great events on the calendar every year, if you're a hockey fan like Lunsford is, is the uh, outdoor games. Uh, you get two days of them this year because they're playing it at MetLife Stadium. Saturday night, you get uh, the Devils and the Flyers. And then coming up on Sunday, you get the Rangers and the Islanders at MetLife Stadium. So two outdoor games did happening that, this week. Did it used to be New Year's Day. Do they still do the New Year's Day one? I don't think they do okay. on New Year's Day anymore. But, but it, there used to be one. I did yeah. not make that up. Okay. Or did they do it this year? Was it? In, did they do Seattle this I year, don't too? Know. I, it was. It was one of those things that when they first started doing it, I thought it was really cool. But now that they do it every year, it just doesn't really... Yeah, I, I think it is cool just watching and just seeing what it looks like outdoors. You know, going back to Josh Pate, who was on with us earlier, Earlier this week, talking about Mystery Alaska. I know he was joking when he said it was a masterpiece. I didn't think the movie was good, but it kind of reminds you of that movie a little bit, the outdoor hockey. And I know people that played hockey growing up used to play outdoors, but we right. never got to see that. Winner's Classic is the New Year's Day one, says Jace, our buddy there. Stadium Series is what this is. Okay. That's the one that was in Nashville uh, because it was so good on New Year's Day. They made a couple of them, I guess. Uh, I was at the Nashville too, Jace. It was a fantastic time when we went up there for that Lightning Predators game. Was it below freezing? Uh, or were they having to manipulate the ice to keep it frozen? I think they are able to put it even when it's not below freezing. Yeah. But uh, that night it was pretty close, yeah. if I remember correctly. Our friends at Woodhouse Day Spa post Valentine's Day now, but never, never too late to tell someone in your life, hey, I love you. Here's a great gift from Woodhouse. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, as Dunaway said, uh, 365 days a year, you can always uh, – Buy that special person gift online with our friends at Woodhouse Day Spa. And at Woodhouse Day Spa, not only voted America's Best Day Spa since 2009, they've got an incredible menu of over 70 options, including massages, body treatment, skincare, waxing, nail services. You can order that special person gift online 24-7. Go to Birmingham.WoodhouseSpas.com or stop in and uh, get that gift of luxury from Stuart and the fine folks at the Woodhouse Day Spa Summit Shopping Centers. Tell them the next round sent you. All right, uh, Rockstar, let's talk a little basketball here before we get back to college football. Football. Um, if you can give me cut number one, uh, Alabama starts the day off tomorrow at 11 a.m. as they play host to Texas A&M. And uh, Emily Grace McWhorter, our in-the-field reporter, uh, had a chance to talk to Nate Oates uh, earlier this week down at the Birmingham Tip-Off Club about uh, this Texas A&M game that's coming up tomorrow at 11 a.m. at Coleman Coliseum. What's the focal point heading into this week? The turnover and foul margin really increased in terms of success from the Auburn game to LSU. What's the focal point? Yeah, we had, had turnovers are our biggest problem right now. Turnovers in our overall defense. There's lots of areas on defense, but turnovers have to be a point of emphasis. It helps our offense and defense both when you don't turn it over, giving them layups. On our defensive end, uh, the biggest points we've been trying to make, and there's layers to it, but it's keeping the ball out of the paint. There's just been way too much. We're too soft letting it in the paint. we got to keep it out of the paint, whether it's a drive, a post catch, you know, what, whatever. However they're getting in the paint, like, we've got to do a better job of it. You know, our ball screen defense has to get better. So turnovers, lots of things on defense. Those are points of emphasis. Nate Oates talking to Emily Grace earlier this week. Paul, one of our great listeners, sends in this text when we were talking about defense yesterday with Jay Billis, and uh, we'll let you hear what Billis says here in a second. But uh, the text Paul sent in says, I think people are too worried about Alabama's defense. Just got to get hot at the right time. Teams that made the Final Four the last five years with defense that weren't elite, Loyola Chicago 48th, Auburn 48th, 
UCLA 76, North Carolina 57th, Miami 136. Here's what Jay Billis said about Alabama defensively yesterday and how it all works in the NATO system, and then we'll discuss uh, the Tide and the Aggies a bit. You have to be a little bit careful with some of the analytics. Um, they're, they're, what the analytics tell you is what a team has done. It doesn't tell you what the team's capable of. So Alabama's offense is, is, you know, top three or whatever it is, um, and they can score points in a hurry. Uh, their defense is probably ranked 50 or 60 spots below their offense, maybe maybe a little bit more. But, um, you know, really through February to the end of the season, say they take a 15% jump, the question is how does it trend from here? And uh, it, they're not going to be Auburn or Houston. You know that that they're not going to reach that level defensively, but if they if they trend toward it and are are rising as they get to the postseason, um, they can win this thing. They're good enough. You know, Paul followed up pointing out that Alabama, and I don't know the metric he is or the uh, analytical site he's using here, but I it's pretty close to what I've seen with Ken Palm. Okay, so it tracks. Um, that Alabama is actually 27th defensively, adjusted defensive efficiency at home and 175 on the road. Now, you would have to imagine neutral site will be somewhere between those two, right? That's right. It's That's probably right. not going to be 27. It's probably not going to be 175. Uh, you know, their defense is not great at Neville Arena. It's been good at home. So you don't play at Neville Arena in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I, I would love to, and I know Nados does this, metrics, but I'd love to see metrics of Alabama's defense the last 10 minutes of a game. Because their bench isn't as deep as some people. They get a little tired, especially on the defensive end. And if you look at all their big pre-conference games, LT, I think they led in the second half at some point in all of those when they ended up losing to the Purdue's and the Arizona's and the Creighton's of the world. I think they had a lead in the second half and just couldn't couldn't hold on, couldn't couldn't finish the deal. Yeah, look, their offense is good enough to beat anybody. We know that. There's a reason that they're sitting at number 15 and they've got 17 wins. But when you start to dissect the seven losses – the least amount of points they gave up in one of those losses was 85. And on average, in the seven losses, you know what they're giving up per game? Over well, 90 yeah, points per game. And here's alarming. the problem. As good as that offense can be, it's going to have to be on for six, six consecutive games. I mean, I don't want to see six. Let's just realistically. Just to get to the final four, four. Yeah, yeah, four consecutive games to get to where this team really wants to, to have a super successful season. And if you're just off in one of those games, I don't know if the defense can hold up. Okay, but let me, let me ask you this. Because during football season, when we, when we do these analytics things, we never judge a fast-paced offense by the same defensive numbers we did when Alabama was playing monster ball, a murder ball back in the early part of the Saban era, when they started playing a more up-tempo offense, the defensive numbers weren't the same anymore. And I think some of that has to do offensively. How come we don't say that about Nate Oates' basketball team? His style is going to make it because the the way they play offense, the defense isn't going to have the same numbers as, say, Houston or Auburn. Later in that that answer, you know, Scott cut it for time, though, I, I believe Jay said something to the effect of, now look, the game is different now. You know, you got to score a lot of points in today's college basketball. People right. are scoring a lot of points. So the charges even changed yeah, a lot. That, that, that's one reason I don't get as wound up about, and this is Billis, uh, and me paraphrasing Billis, as wound up about Alabama's defensive numbers is because they still are as explosive as anybody in the country, or more so, offensively. Now, to Lance's point, let's say Alabama primarily takes care of business moving forward and is a two or three seed. 
I think Alabama, you you know, if you draw the wrong 15 or 14, this gets thrown out the window. But I think Alabama could probably survive that even with an off-shooting night. Um, You know, then you turn around, let's say, let's just for simplistic purposes, you're a two. Now I turn around, I play the 7-10 winner, right? I'm going to have to be better. I think for Alabama to make the Final Four, it would be that next weekend. It would be the 16-8 and where you would need to be sizzling offensively. And that could get you the Final Four. I can't believe it. To me, you know, it's a it's a one weekend at a time thing. I never even think Final Fours with oh, anybody. No, I just, but I, I just me, but to Lance's yeah, point, that's yeah. the only. I mean, Sweet Sixteen's not going to do anything for an Alabama no, fan. I'm just saying to have year. a successful season, it's going to be really difficult with the way they play defense. I mean, the offense is going to have to be on against really good teams. Yeah, but as you said, for me, every year when you sit here right now, I'm always like. All right, you get to the tournament and you, you, you get to that second weekend and then you reevaluate where you are at that point. But just getting to that second weekend. Yeah. And then obviously when Alabama, if they lose like they have so many times in the Sweet 16, you're disappointed because no, yeah. you think of, a, you had it figured out, I should win that game. And that's the only reason I'm talking in terms of what it would take to make the Final Four because I'm agreeing with Lance. I think this Alabama fan base, they, winning the SEC regular season will be great. That'd be three times in four years that you've won the regular season. Winning the tournament would be great. That'd be three times in four years you've won the tournament. I mean, you'd feel like, hey, we're, we're maybe the best program in the SEC right now. But you're always judged on the NCAA tournament in this game. Yeah. And, and I think an Alabama fan started this year thinking, I've seen Sweet 16 more than I want to see it. Elite Eight, I've been there. I'd like to go back, but I really, the, the goal is the Final Four. Yeah, I think looking, you'd be disappointed if you don't make yeah, it. Yeah, I think, yeah. If they win regular season, SEC tournament, and get knocked out Sweet 16, Alabama fans are going to be disappointed. Yeah. Even Elite Eight. I mean, you were the number one overall seed last year, and you went out early. Uh, give me cut three. Janai Broom gets asked the question that Billis talked about uh, on our show yesterday. Just why is Auburn so much better at home? Everybody's better at home. But this Auburn team seems unbeatable at home. 16 straight wins now, unbeaten all year long. Here's Janai Broom the other night on why Auburn is so good at home. Name some of the reasons that you've been so successful at home. Uh, I mean, the jungle is the jungle. You know, <laughs> top, I think it's the best home court advantage in the country. You know what I'm saying? Um, when you got people and students willing to camp out, you know, and watch you guys and watch us play. Uh, that gives us confidence, you know, knowing that they've been waiting for us to, you know, to come out and play well. So, you know, we have to reward them in a way. You know, we can't come out here and go to bed, you know what I'm saying, and let let them down, I guess. So we come out and play for each other and the fans. You know, I, and I brought this up, and I think, you know, some people purposely misconstrued what you say sometimes on this show. Uh we paint it like Auburn is just atrocious on the road sometimes. Not we, but people do. We've tried to say they're not. They are not. I mean, they lost a tight game to Alabama. Could have easily won that game against Alabama, right? A tight game to Appalachian State. Not as bad a loss as you would, you know, when you say you lost at Appalachian State. That has been a good team. Um, the, the only time they were blown out, I mean, they lost to Gainesville. State. Yeah, Gainesville. That was it. They lost to State 64-58. You guys watched that game. That was a tight game right up until the very end. Yep. Uh, Gainesville's the only time they've been awful on the road. We paint it like Auburn is an amazing home team, awful road team. They're a great Yeah, home I've team. seen enough. That second half in Oxford, they played great basketball. Yeah. So I, I think sometimes we overplay them away from Neville. Alabama is significantly better at Coleman. We just did the stats for you. Yeah, everybody's better at home. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I think... Yeah. 
That has become such a weird talking point to me because it gets painted like Auburn's just atrocious on the road. They're really not. They've lost a bunch of close road games. Yeah, I am. Like, su- like most teams do. Surprised at where we are right now on how much of a discrepancy there is between how teams play at home and on the road in college basketball. It is. I mean, it's the best home home field advantage, court advantage in any sport. In any sport, absolutely. Uh, Bama does have some good wins on the road, including in Starkville. That was a big win. When they oh, got absolutely. Yeah. So Alabama does does some things away. Those neutral site. Now they got scalded or, at Tennessee too. Yeah, those yeah. neutral site road contest against the Purdue's of the world in Toronto. Actual true road game at Creighton. Uh, those are just that's big boy basketball, and they played those games. It, Arizona in Phoenix. If I asked you of the fourteen SEC teams, how many have a winning five hundred or better record on the road? Well, Taylor and I got this question. Okay, first. Well, go ahead. That's a, it's a different question because you're asking the same thing. Uh, 500 or better on the road. I, I think, think South I th- Carolina still does, even though the other night maybe should have counted as two losses, but it yeah. only counted as one. I, I think I saw the other day that the winning percentage in SEC games was I, about 41% for the road I, team. I, I think in the SEC, Lance, conference road games? Is this conference only? This is just oh, overall. overall. Okay. Oh. All right. Overall, conference I only, I think. But most of them are going to be conference yeah. because they're not going to play. Conference only, I think it's only Tennessee and South Carolina, unless I'm crazy. There are four teams in the SEC that have winning records, and right now at four and four on the road is Texas A&M. So you've got Alabama at four and three, South Carolina five and three, Tennessee five and three, and Kentucky four and two. I mean, Auburn right now in true road games is three and four. Right, Kentucky's yeah. better on the road than they are at home. That's what I was about to say. They're yeah. the only team in basketball <laughs> I mean, that has a better winning percentage on the road than yeah. at home right that's now. That's wild. When you've got five ranked teams. I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. You're right. It is the. I don't know that there's a sport where home field or home venue matters more than college basketball. Absolutely. You know, as, as some of you are saying, uh, the officials seem to be impacted by the crowd more in there's no college doubt. basketball yeah. than in any other sport as well. 11 a.m. tomorrow in Tuscaloosa. I'll be there at that game. Little T will be down at Auburn Arena, Neville Arena, for the five o'clock game. I don't know if she's going to be for game day giving you some fanfare on our social media platforms for all of that. But remember to like, subscribe, thumbs up. Up, as we'll be covering both locations tomorrow for two big in-state games. And as Brown pointed out to Furman, you also get unbelievable number four, number one, Marquette UConn tomorrow, 2 o'clock on Fox. You get a tricky good Texas at Houston game, number three in the country. Texas needs a marquee win here, 12 o'clock on CBS. Kansas is on the road at Oklahoma, where I think Kansas is, you know, number nine in the country, something like that. And they're seven and five in the league. And Oklahoma's a ranked team and they're six and six in the league. It's, it's, it's like the NFC South, but really good NFC South <laughs> in, in the Big 12. Everybody's near 500, yeah, but everybody's good. Well, this is why I like the Big 12 to me, far and away the best league in college basketball. I mean, Kansas is fifth in the Big 12 and they're sixth nationally. And you know what Kansas's true road record is? Oh, it's awful. They're two and five. Yeah, two and five. Yeah, but again, McCullers isn't back. When he comes yeah. back, they're a different team. There's no doubt. He's a Big Twelve leading scorer right now. I think Kansas is going to be fine ultimately. But that is life on the road right yeah. now in college yeah, go, basketball. Go knock on the door at Allen Fieldhouse and play a game and tell me how it goes for you. Yeah. You know? By the way, of the do we have fourteen teams in the Big Twelve? We do. How many do you think have winning records in the Big Twelve on the road? On the road. On the road. I'm going to say none. If Kansas is zero, oh, wait, wait. I'm going to say Houston. Okay. Uh, Iowa State four and three, Houston four and three, and randomly TCU four and three, and that's it. 
TCU's the Kentucky of the Big 12. <laughs> All right, a little basketball for you there. Four downs and a little college football as we continue on today. Andy Kennedy joins us in one hour on the show. That is being brought to you today by our friends at New York Butcher Shop, one of our great sponsors there. I went and saw our buddy Jim. I had a little meeting over here in Cabo Heights yesterday after the show. Uh, I walked over to the New York Butcher Shop to see our friend Jim and the fine folks over there. Met one of his butchers, Frank. Uh, just great dudes, man. And picked up some of those USDA prime fillets. Did it in the iron skillet last night. Got some of his red potatoes, um, some mushrooms, one of the great side salads. Just fantastic food. If you don't want to get out this weekend, go by the New York Butcher Shop and pick up some of the incredible premium pork chops, the prime beef steaks, burgers, all-natural chicken cut to order just for you, ribs. They've got it all with a great selection of fine wines and desserts. New York Butcher Shop, one-stop dinner shop, two locations, Cabo Heights, Highway 119 and Greystone, the New York Butcher Shop, rear quality, well-done service. Follow Rockstar on Twitter at RockstarBHM. Things fall apart. There's even a book about it. But that doesn't mean you have to break the bank to fix them. Ryan Brown here for the next round. Our friends at Mortgage Ride have a new renovation option that will make repairs and other home improvements easy. If you've recently purchased a home and find yourself short on cash or you're looking to buy a fixer-upper, Mortgage Ride's renovation loan program can help you spruce up your space. Repairs can be made to your roof, plumbing, flooring, and more with the help of top-notch mortgage professionals. So get your fix by visiting MortgageRide.com slash TNR and MLS 2239 equal housing lender. This hour of the next round is presented by the Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Now featuring seven days of giveaways with your chance to win a share of up to $125,000. The more you visit the Birmingham Racecourse Casino, the more chances you have to win. Hey, Ryan Brown here from the next round. Do you want to help pay for my kid's college and look great while you're doing it? You need to go to the next round store. Everything from hats to short sleeve and long sleeve t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, zip up hoodies, and much more. And we're adding new things all the time. Why would you not want to see my kids get a great college education and look great out in the public while you're doing it? Get the gear we wear all the time on the show and there's only one place to get it. Nextround.store. That's nextround.store. Stop by the New York Butcher Shop and pick up the finest in certified Angus prime beef steaks and burgers, premium pork chops, ribs, and all-natural chicken cut to order just for you. Their chef-prepared entrees and side dishes are the perfect dinner-to-go choice for your family and are ready to heat at home. With a great selection of fine wines and desserts, the New York Butcher Shop is your one-stop dinner shop. Two locations to serve you, Cahaba Heights and on Highway 119 in Greystone, the New York Butcher Shop. Rare quality, well-done service. Storm season is here. Make sure you have a plan of action in place right now. Greg from Pell City and Storm Restoration Roofing should be your first call when storms hit. Insurance companies love working with Storm Restoration Roofing because of Greg Nelson's name and reputation in the industry. When storms hit, call Greg Nelson. He's local. 205-542-3531. He's the home of the free no-cost roof inspection. Greg from Pell City on Facebook. 205-542-3531. It's Storm Restoration Roofing. Want more of the show? Download the app or visit nextroundlives.com for the latest podcast, The Mystery Fifth Hour, our Not For All Ages podcast, The Last Call, and the entire Double Down Media podcast family. All at nextroundlive.com and on the Next Round app. 
Hey, let me tell you about our friends at Urology Centers of Alabama. Compassionate and comprehensive urological care with 35 physicians, 17 locations across Alabama. Their patient-centered approach to all of your urological needs. Remember, they've got that new men's health center. It is beautiful, helping men with a wide range of sensitive male issues in a comfortable environment. You can always go online, visit urologycentersalabama.com, schedule an appointment with one of their many urologists today. Back with you on the next round as we uh, work through the show today, being brought to you in part by our friends at Hemphill Services. LT, tell us about those great folks at Hemphill. Uh, 205-229-2090. Hard to stop a train. Call Adam, Chad, Andrew, the guys there. Make sure you tell them the next round sent you. Trust the name Birmingham is trust since 1954. For all of your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs, Hemphill Services, hard to stop a train. All right. Uh, uh, the best infomercial of all time. Rockstar, if I asked you, best infomercial of all time, for you, it is what? The best infomercial? Yeah. Yep. The uh, big green cleaning machine. Really? I was Esteban. Gonna, Esteban. No. Esteban? It's got a real ham bone neckline. Um, I would say maybe the Tom Amansky with the, uh, the, the crime dog for Emma Griff where they're throwing the ball out of the outfield into a trash can. What about you? I just the, the, the jingle that I remember, and they continue to have it, is... 1-800-EMPIRE. Yeah, that is really oh, good. Empire Today, the yeah. carpet company. I mean, it went yeah. like WOR in New York, yeah. WGN, yeah. WTBS, all those super stations had it way back in the day, and it's still, I hear the jingle every now and then. Uh, a story uh, that was on, um, I think it was the New Yorker, Mag- New Yorker magazine, says the best infomercial of all time was actually the television show Love Boat. That the cruise industry Hilarious. was nothing yeah. in, wow. ni- in the mid 1970s. About love making in the cruise. <laughs> 500,000 Americans a year, that was it, that went on cruises in 1977. Because of the love boat, uh, and I got a great quote here uh, by 1997, 5 million people we're going on cruises every year that number now is over 20 million americans a year going cruises and they think that started really with a love boat that was the revival of it because they said until the love boat americans when polled thought um cruising were for the uber rich or the elderly almost dead are you kind of surprised they have not done a? Maybe they have done a love boat spinoff. I would. I, it wouldn't be called the love boat now. They but. did a reality series, I think. But also below deck. Then why? Uh, yeah. But why? If this is another popular industry, why make an entire show about it? That is a great rockstar. Ask a good question. Yeah. Well, I wonder what the motive behind the show was. It may have been. Um, I think Royal Caribbean and uh, Carnival. They got Carnival together. had just launched. Yeah. But Royal Caribbean. Caribbean had one ship. Like they didn't even have a lot of ships. Like they yeah. each had one ship. Maybe. Yeah. It's crazy that it was such a. But it was the Titanic not a cruise ship technically? Oh well, yeah. Well, I don't well, think that it? was good for the cruise industry. No, no exactly. Yes. That was not. A, that was the anti-info. Well, I think it was, a, it was a nice ship. I don't think it was a cruise ship. Like, hey, we're going to the islands. I think it was. Good. We're going from London to New York City. Well, it was a cruise maybe. ship for the wealthy. Yeah. yeah. Well, the maybe. other guys were in the steerage. Uh, I can get y'all halfway. Yeah. Before we do four. <laughs> 
OxyClean, uh, Thighmaster was a, a good infomercial. Uh, slap Chop from Russell, you're going to love my nuts. You remember that guy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, had, he had some issues afterwards. The, the Forrester only, oh, yeah. has Shake Weight. I'll never forget the first time we saw Shake Weight. We were doing the yep. show in the yep. downstairs studio over in the Crest Building at Cumulus. So it was probably circa 2011, yep. 2010, 2011. But when that thing came on, I mean, we, could, we couldn't hold it together. The, uh, the Flex Seal guy? That slaps it, you know, oh. he does the boat, and he makes a screen door into a boat or something. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good one as well. Um, four Downs Every Day brought to you by our friends at Slice. Slice, wonderful place for lunch or dinner. Date nights on Friday nights. I think Reed's family was out there last Friday night. I'm actually taking my family to Slice tonight. Uh, very excited about that. Just fantastic local pizza, local ingredients from the Soul Pie uh, to the Bajaya Special. You're going to absolutely love it. Get in see the Bajaya Brothers. Four locations. Soon to be that fifth location coming to Homewood. For more information, SliceBirmingham.com. First down. Uh, better chance of winning another championship, Bill Belichick or Tom Izzo? Are there, are there starting to be rumors circulating that Izzo is going to retire or something like that? I mean, Izzo hasn't won. I mean, it's fallen As off. good as he's been in the Final yeah. Four, getting to Final Fours, he's only won one national championship, and that was almost a quarter of a century ago. Yeah, I'm just looking right now in the Big Ten. Uh, uh-huh. They are 22nd in the uh, net, so they're obviously solidly in at that point if, yeah. if it doesn't fall apart. But they don't look like a team no. that you'll even have in the Final Four. But I'm not sure Belichick coaches again. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he does. So Izzo's the only one that's got a fighting chance, but the answer is going to be neither. Yeah, yeah, like most four-down questions. Yeah. Uh, I am going to say I would give Izzo a better shot. Though I think Jim's right. Neither is the correct yeah. answer. I mean, so- I, I would almost... And I don't think Nick Saban, he had a great quote out at the Waste Management uh, about possibly coaching the future. He says, if I was going to coach in the future, I would have coached at Alabama forever. Yeah. It was a guy trying to get him to take the Arizona State job. Yeah, He's like, yeah. but if I was going to keep coaching, I'd have stayed at Alabama. I'd have stayed at Alabama yeah. forever. So, But I'd almost say you could throw Saban into the mix there, and I would take Saban over Izzo or Belichick. And he's not going to coach nope. again. Second down. So when Caitlin Clark, over the next couple of games, or the next few games, breaks the overall Pete Maravich scoring record for college basketball. 99 away. Will you consider uh, what will be more of a legitimate record? The Caitlin Clark over Pete Maravich or Barry Bonds as the home run king? And the reason I say this is Maravich obviously only played three years. There was no three-point line. And she's going to play five, but she's going to break it in four, but more games. There was a three-point line. She's very good at that. It's women's sport compared to men's sport. I'll even say that as the moderate on the show, so you guys don't have to. And Bonds Bonds play more games annually than Ruth did. It was an expanded schedule, but the thing with Bonds, obviously, is the PEDs. That's why a lot of people don't consider him over Ruth or Aaron. But Aaron is the guy who's the record he broke. Uh, I I mean, who do you guys consider? I consider Barry Bonds a home run champion. I consider consider Henry Aaron. I consider Barry Bonds the home run but champion. But I don't give it much thought ever. And, and I will say this. I will say this, uh, again, as the the moderate on the show. Um, I don't think there should be an you know an all-time leading score in Division One basketball. I agree with I don't, you. I mean, if, you, if it's a shared sport, you know, basketball is the shared sport, but women's basketball is a different sport than men's basketball. Caitlin Clark is the all-time leading scorer now in women's basketball. Pete Maravich is the all-time leading scorer in men's basketball division one. Let that just be the same. I don't I don't think now we should be Caitlin Clark 
chasing Pete Maravich record. Pete Maravich record is Pete Maravich record. Caitlin Clark now holds her sports record. She never played men's basketball, right? Right. So she can't break Pete Maravich's record. You know, and Serena Williams was was always the best female tennis player of all time. And people was like, why do you say female? Because she was the best female tennis player of all time. But, she never way, played on the men's no, circuit. I get that. And even she yeah. was asked once about it, and yeah. she's like, oh, I'd get, I'd get destroyed by the top men but players. I'm just, I could not compete with them. We're going to do this because this is what we do. Caitlin Clark chasing Pete Maravich's record. She's not. She, she has broke her sports record. She is the greatest scorer in women's basketball history to this point. And if she plays another year, maybe all time. Maybe nobody will ever break Caitlin Clark's record. But in my eyes, she's not chasing Pete Maravich's record because she's never played men's basketball. Well, it's why I asked the question because there is a little controversy with both sides of this. And obviously, for Barry Bonds, people don't recognize because of the PEDs. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the PED reason, but Bonds yep. is the... He's a home run record holder to me because that's what Major League Baseball recognizes. Third down. The weekend, 34 years old today. Ultimately, better career. The weekend or Bruno Mars? I'm going to go Bruno Mars on this one. It's tough, though. I would tell you it does seem like Bruno Mars can be has more pitches like he can come back and sound different kind of he can play different multiple, styles he can play multiple instruments but right. uh, what's interesting to me is way back in the day you guys remember the uh, MTV BJ Pauly Shore yeah randomly he was outside doing his show and he interviewed this little kid that was an Elvis impersonator and it was Bruno Mars? It was Bruno Mars. Like 30 years wow. later, he comes back and is so uncomfortable because he did the kids. He's super Do you remember shy. the movie it was? Uh, he was in Leaving Las Vegas, wasn't he? Yeah. So Jack and I were talking about that this morning on the way to school was he was one of the Elvis impersonators because I asked Jack this question and ran it by. And uh, he said Bruno Mars. I think it's going to be The weekend just because The weekend. Maybe he'll shut it down. He works nonstop. It's like since he busted onto the scene really in like 14, 15 I think it was 14. He hasn't stopped in a decade. Like every, He is grinding like Taylor Swift and Bruno, which I don't blame him. Yeah. He's taking a little bit of time here and there. I think Bruno's more talented, yeah. but I think The weekend's going to continue to turn this stuff out. I enjoy The weekend, but I think at some point, like Bruno Mars can do, you know, a, he'll come out and he'll do like a, another album and sort of from the earth, wind, and fire genre. And then he'll come out and he'll do one like a Las Vegas lounge act. And yeah. then he'll come out and he'll be a hard rocker at one point. And he may do just Hawaiian music. I don't know. He'll, he, he will do different genres and will last longer, I think, Bruno Mars. Fourth down. Uh, so final birthday here. We got two of them. John McEnroe, 65. Ice-T, 66. John McEnroe, Ice T, better career. How many? Uh, how many majors did McEnroe win? I would say three. I'm just guessing. Only three. Oh, I was going to say seven. Did you ever see? There was a highlight of him uh, arguing with the judge. He said, no. "You cannot be serious." Did uh, you ever see that? He got all pissed about something. You've got to be serious. Look, I mean, he was yeah. he was a crossover guy, uh, mainstream. But you know, Ice T was one of the original. When yeah. you talk about this pure gangster rap, and he went. Had a little heavy metal in him. Um, he obviously acted from New Jack City to what he still does yeah. with uh, yeah. the special order. victims well, unit. Macaro, first of all, seven total majors. Three Wimbledons, uh, four U.S. Opens, gyms, tennis, knowledge is through the roof. A lucky guess at seven. Uh, that's in the singles. That. Grand Slam wins. Um, Those are men's wins. Though. Yeah, they are men's wins. Yeah. He did not beat the women. <laughs> um, 
I would say that McEnroe, too, though, and this is probably not going to impress anyone, he became the face of tennis television. I mean, he was the best tennis analyst for a very long time. But you can pull the lyrics. Let's get butt naked and F by Ice T. I don't know if it gets any deeper than that. Did he have to pay royalties to uh, Jimmy Buffett and let's get drunk and... It's totally different. If you look at the lyrics side by side, Ice T really gets after it. I mean, Buffett was more details. Yeah, Buffett was just trying to. He was trying to find a divorcee, get her loaded up on a beach, some dive bar where Tom Cruise is slinging drinks. Ice T just came out, threw it out there. Yeah, that is our four downs today. Brought to you by our friends at Slice. Uh, again, four locations. Get into the Bajaya Brothers, created by the late Jeff Bajaya, just an incredible guy, incredible concept. His brothers celebrate his legacy every single day. Get in, see Jason and Chris. Tell them the next round sent you. Four locations, Slice, Birmingham. And our friends at Urology Centers of Alabama. Yeah, early detection. We all go, right? A different variety of reasons. We oh, go yeah. get checked out on, on the reg with our friends at Urology Centers of Alabama. They've got 16 locations, 35 urologists all across the state of Alabama for all your urological needs. I have a friend who is just dealing with a kidney stone a couple of weeks ago. I was having to have that taken care of. That can be painful. My dad dealt with that uh, for a lot of my childhood there. Um I don't think he still does for some reason. It, that's been cleaned up. But from kidney stones to prostate exams, anything you need in between there, all your urological needs, uh, Urology Centers of Alabama will take care of you. Here is the website, urologycentersalabama.com, urologycentersalabama.com, or call that number, 205-930-0920. Back in a moment, right here on TNR. Follow Scott Forrester on Twitter at Scott Forrester TV.